Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and today we're going to talk about your eternal salvation. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed unto him. It's up to you to believe in him, but it's up to him to keep you. Sound good? Let's join together for the Word of God today and find out about our eternal salvation. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Why don't you turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. This is where we'll be going to in just a moment. But I want to talk to you today about Christ dies no more. The essence of Christ dying no more means he went to the cross, died for us, is seated in heaven, and will never have to go back to the cross again. He's not sitting in heaven and we commit some sin and God goes, <laughs> I forgot about that one, Jesus. You're going to need to go back and die for that sin. He died for every sin on the cross. The main one was rejection of himself. That's how we get saved. But after that, any sin we commit, we can bring to him as a Christian, confess it, 1 John 1, 9, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. When I teach on this, people often ask me the question, do you believe in once saved, always saved? There's always some title attached to it. Uh, do you believe in you know eternal security? The answer is yes, I do. No matter what you want to call it, yes. I simply believe that when I got born again, my life was mingled with God the Father, mingled with the Son. I am in the Father. Jesus is in the Father. The Father's in Jesus. The Father's in me. And we got divine. I like one, one minister that was our, our original pastor of the church I pastored for years. He said this. He said he called it the divine entanglement. I'm entangled with God. God's entangled with me. Jesus is entangled with God. I'm entangled with Jesus. We're all entangled together. And you can't tell where one stops and the other one starts. It's kind of like unscrambling eggs. When I got born again, I was mixed in with God and we got scrambled all together and you can't separate us in blood covenant. David and Jonathan, the word of God, their blood was mingled. How do you unmingle blood after this? it's you know joined together? That's what my life is with Jesus. Now, if you don't believe in eternal security, once saved, always saved, that's fine. We get along. In fact, lots of my friends don't. We, we Behind the scenes, we have some great heated conversations and walk out with our arms around each other and understand something. We are born again, all right? We're arguing some extreme point out here, but I believe that this verse really qualifies it. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and and verse 12. And by the way, if you disagree with me on this, don't turn the broadcast off. At least listen to the end of it, and you'll hear some encouraging things. Whether or not you totally believe in the fact, you know, that you're saved forever, I do. But if you don't, fine. But you know what? Are you wanting to get away from God? Are you trying to get away from Him? Well, then what are we worried about, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 says this, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep what I have committed to him against that day. I want you to see some key words. I know and I am persuaded. I know I have believed in Jesus, next of all, but I'm persuaded he's able to keep me. This verse is saying two things. Number one is it's not up to me to keep myself. It's up to me to believe in Jesus. Number two is God is not going to believe. I'm the one that believes, so I do the believing, but once I do, God does the keeping. It comes back to this, there's a natural me and a spiritual me. Spiritual me is perfect, but natural me still makes mistakes, still sins, but is maturing and growing up because of the word of God. I have to watch over and take care of natural me, but God protects and takes care of spiritual me on the inside. Let me qualify that verse of scripture again. I am saved by my will, but I am kept by his will. I'm not saved by his will. 
and I'm not kept by my will. So what this is talking about in this verse of scripture is, I do my part by putting my trust in him and God does his part with his keeping power. I want you to notice something. I've had people tell me, well, you know, right up to the end of your life, you know, if you, if there's certain things you can do and you're no longer, no longer a Christian. Well, I don't believe in that, but I want you to notice this. When does God drop his keeping power over me? Notice this, he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. That day is the day I stand in heaven. You know why he's not gonna be able to keep me on that day? Because I can't sin. What causes me to sin are three things and all three will be missing in heaven. Number one is Satan. He won't be in heaven. Number two is the world tempts me to sin, but the world won't be there. Number three, I can be tempted of my own flesh, but my flesh won't be there. The, the body is gone. It turns into the ground. It turns into the dust of the ground. That's where the nature of the flesh is. But the two other parts of me, spirit and soul, make up the inward man, the spiritual me, and that goes to be with the Lord in heaven. And when you get there, it says in Hebrews chapter 12, the spirits of just men made perfect. When you're in heaven, you'll be perfect and you won't even be tempted to sin and you won't be able to sin because there's no sin in heaven. So it simply says, God is able to keep what I've committed until that day. In other words, in the time I'm here in the earth and I do have the world, I do have Satan, I do have my own flesh, God keeps me. And if Satan gets through to me and causes me to sin, I'm still sinned, I'm just carnal. Much like the prodigal son. He was still called the prodigal son. And he was still calling his father, father. But even though he had committed adultery and slept with women and gone to bars and got drunk and ended up in a pig pen, you know what he said? I will return to my father. What was there was still the relationship. His fellowship had been broken, but the relationship was still there. And he came back home and the fellowship was reinstated. But when he got home, he said, I'll return to my father. The relationship was there. So he got up out of the pig pen, went home. And when he got there, his father threw his arms around him, put a robe on him, put shoes on his feet, uh, killed the fatted calf, had a great party for him. And he came back into fellowship with the father, but relationship was still there. In the pig pen, he's called carnal. 1 Corinthians chapter three, when he came back home, he's called spiritual. It all depends. See, because the Holy Spirit's in me. If he controls me, I'm called spiritual. If I'm controlled by my flesh, I'm called carnal. But I have the choice to be under the flesh or under the spirit. And if I get into the flesh, I have the choice to come back into being in fellowship with God, controlled by the spirit. So this is what we have. So I'm saved by my will, but I'm kept by God's will. Jesus and I are united in covenant identification, just like David and Jonathan. You can't unmingle blood and you can't unmingle the relationship you have with God the Father. We're joined with him, much like a child born into this earth on the inside of the mother, whenever the sperm and the egg meet, they mingle together. And how do you unmingle sperm and egg? In other words, once a person is born, they are a person. You say, yes, but they can commit suicide. No, they can kill the body, but they can't kill the real person on the inside. And listen to me, you are an eternal person on the inside. If that eternal person has not accepted Jesus as savior, that eternal person goes to hell. The body stays here like a Christian does. We all lose our body here on this earth unless the rapture comes, but we all lose our body on this earth and we die physically. But we cannot die on the inside. We cannot just suddenly disappear. Like the body can go back into the dust of the ground, but there's no place for the spirit to go to, except for if it's accepted Jesus, it goes to heaven, but rejected Jesus, it goes to hell. 
So a sinner is as much eternal on the inside as a Christian is, but I changed one day by getting out of Adam. I was reborn into Jesus Christ, and now in Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. So anyone who's still in Adam, when they die, they end up going to hell and eventually the lake of fire. But as a believer, I'm going to heaven, and I'll be with God forever and forever. So I was changed on the inside by the new birth, but you see, that inward person cannot be destroyed. The outward man can. I like to think of it this way. I hate abortion. It is one of the, the most repulsive things to think about that people would be so crass as to kill a child inside the mother's womb. But I'm going to tell you something. At the same time that body was suddenly started being made, a spirit man on the inside was created at that moment. And that spirit person on the inside can never. If that child dies in the womb, they go to heaven. Even David said of the child that died, I will go to be with him. He shall not come to me. A child that is that is killed and dies before the age of accountability automatically goes to heaven. And so those children go to heaven. I can say this, we miss them on this earth. We hate the fact that some 70 million children have been aborted in our own country since the passing uh, or since the decision on Roe versus Wade that has been here, and yet some 70 million have been aborted. But you know what? They're all in heaven. And oh, they didn't get to be with their families, but they are being raised by God, by Jesus Christ. They are being raised in heaven, and one day the parents can rejoin them. That's the beauty of the whole thing. God always takes cursing and turns it into blessing. And even though we're living down here when we know it's wrong, yet God can take what's wrong, turn it around, and all things can work together for his good. So I am a child of God. We often say that. Again, we've always been and will be as much one with Jesus Christ as he is one with God the Father, and I am one with God the Father. We are all together divinely entangled. We sing the song, I am a child of God. And you know what the beauty of that is? I am is always present tense. If I sang that song five years ago, I was a child of God then and I could sing it out, I am a child of God. Today I sing it. If I sing it 10 years from now, it's still I am. I am is always I am and I am a child of God today. I am a child of God in the future. I am a child of God in the past. I'm always attached to the great I am. Turn with me to Romans chapter six. Romans chapter six, and here we're going to find out the fact again of what I'm titling this lesson is knowing that Christ was raised from the dead dies no more. Jesus Christ dies no more. Romans chapter six, verses five through 10 tells us this, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, when we got born again, the first thing we were united with him was in his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That's the natural outward man. And the old man is also the uncreated that needs to be recreated part of us, and that's the spirit man on the inside, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. This is the Christian who has been born again, died in Adam, reborn into Christ. We who have died have been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. That's in this life, but also throughout all eternity. Look at this in verse nine, knowing. Here we have that word again, knowing. What does it tell us? There's something we need to know, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. 
Jesus Christ died one time. He will never die another time past that. You'll never commit a sin that God will look at Jesus and say, oops, we forgot that one. And Jesus has to go back and die for that sin. He died for every sin on the cross, but the one sin he did not die for, he leaves for you. And that is the fact that you need to accept Jesus Christ. The one sin Jesus didn't die for was rejection of himself. It goes on to say in verse nine, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin one time, and that was momentarily. That was on the cross and for three days and three nights. He died to sin one time. It lasted for a certain amount of time for everyone, but the life he lives, he lives to God, and this is eternally. The moment that Jesus Christ arose from the dead, he's eternally alive as a human being in heaven and will be there forever and forever and sits at the right hand of God for us, ever making intercession for us. I'm going to drop it right there and continue when we come back from halftime. I just want to again thank you, all those who make this broadcast possible. I have the time of my life just doing this. Love doing this. But you know what? It's almost like I want to pinch myself sometime. I just love teaching the Word of God. And God made this possible. But you also who have become partners with me have made this possible. If you'd like to become a partner with me, and all these other wonderful people who are partners with me, go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. I'll see you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the Book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation, and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyandian.com. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. Let's go back to Romans chapter six. Now I want to take a look at verses seven through 10. Now I can take up the whole passage that we did before, but I want you to note in here what it's saying. For he, that's you and me, 
So I can put Bob's name in there for Bob who has died, has been freed from sin. Now, the point of it is, is I didn't die physically. I died in Adam and I was reborn into Jesus Christ. The moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my personal savior, I died in Adam and was replaced into Jesus Christ. Therefore, when I stand before God, and if he ever did ask this question, of course he won't because he knows me, but if he ever said, Bob, why should I let you in? I'm not gonna talk about my good deeds. I'm gonna talk about the fact that I am no longer in Adam, I'm in Christ. In Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. And that's because of the grace and power of God. I simply made the decision and God removed me from a dead tree and placed me into a living tree. I'm a branch that has been relocated from a dead tree into a living tree. In the dead tree, I was dead, but in the living tree, I've now come to life. I am alive because of whom I'm attached to, not because of my own good works. And I'm attached to Jesus Christ. For he who has died, that's Bob, died in Adam, has been freed from sin. Now I do commit sins because my flesh is still here, but I have, I have deliverance over them. I can walk free from sin, but if I do sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, which sinners don't have. Verse eight says, now if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. And this is eternally. When did all this happen? When Jesus Christ went to the cross, I went to the cross with him when I accepted him. In essence, this is what happened. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. Uh, he was in, in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. He was resurrected. And now he walks in newness of life. What happened to me? The moment I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I also was crucified with him. I died with him. I was buried with him. I was in the heart of the earth with him for three days and three nights. I was quickened with him. I rose from the dead with him, and now I stand in newness of life. That didn't happen to me physically. No, it happened to me through identification. The moment I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I retroactively go back 2,000 years ago, and all that was accomplished there is now accomplished in me because I'm united with Jesus, not only in his life, but also in his death. Knowing this, verse nine, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. What happened? When I joined to Jesus Christ, I have been joined to someone who will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Verse 10, for the death he died, he died to sin one time, and that was momentarily. It lasted for three days and three nights for everyone, but the life he lives, he lives to God and that's eternally. I go back and I suffer with him for a moment, the moment I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but I've been raised with him to newness of life, and that's the beauty of it. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, listen, what I'm teaching here also is found in my book on the book of Romans, and that's what this uh, broadcast is promoting, and that is that book. Because listen, I can teach you for you know a couple of days on this subject, but you can get into this book and go on to it for, for days and for months. And so then go back and do it again, because the word of God literally cannot be exhausted. There's so many layers of every scripture that you could live for years just off a verse of scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Take a look at verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge or we conclude this, that if one died for all, that's for everyone, then everyone died, was dead. And he died for all, that's everyone, so that those who might live should no longer for themselves live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You know what this verse of scripture is? Everyone is dead. In Adam, we all died. And we had no choice to be an Adam. I mean, this is one time you can honestly say in your life, it's not my fault. 
We hear that today a lot. It's someone else's fault and we wanna just choke them because you know what, you're responsible, but not in this case. Here's the one thing you were not responsible for. You had no choice to be in Adam. When Adam sinned, everyone sinned because everyone was inside of Adam. And so everyone to come and we're all born dead and in the slave market of sin. So everyone is dead. We had no choice. You can honestly say it's not my fault. And you're right. Adam forced you into this. His decision was passed on to you. But the point of it is, is everyone is dead, but not everyone is going to live because living is a choice. I had no choice to get in Adam, but I do have a choice to be in Jesus Christ. Well, I think that we should just all be born into this earth alive in Jesus Christ. No, because God is a perfect gentleman, where where Adam gave you no choice, God gives you a choice and said, look, I offer to you eternal life. Do you want it? You'd have to be stupid not to take it. And there's a lot of stupid people in the world. In fact, the Bible tells us more people will not be born again than are born again. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many there are that find it. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few there be by comparison. There's billions of people in heaven, but by comparison, more go to hell than go to heaven. And it says again, and we had a choice for Jesus Christ. We choose what we're born on this wide road. We can have the choice to over here, detour and take over here and join Jesus on the road that leads to eternal life. And that's what is the eternal life I'm headed toward is heaven. I have eternal life in me now, but the place I'm going to is where that gate opens up to and that opens up to heaven itself. I had no choice to be an Adam, but I have a choice to live with Jesus Christ. The cross brought death. The resurrection brings life. The whole world is dead to God already. Jesus chose to be one with us in death. He was already one with God the Father in life, but he chose to be one with us in death, but he had no death in him. He had no sin in him, but he joined us as a perfect human being, born of a virgin, born outside the death that Adam brought in here, born outside the curse, and he chose to join with us, identify with us, and we choose to be one with him in resurrection. He chose to be me in death, I chose to be with him in life. The moment I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I can now rise to eternal life. Jesus died to sin one time, and now he lives to God forever and forever eternally. We too died to sin one time and now live to God eternally by the choice we made one day. Jesus chose to identify with me in my death. I choose to join him in his life. Two questions. Could Jesus have left a sin unforgiven? This is a question we're going to talk about today. We might even take it into tomorrow. Could Jesus have left a sin unforgiven? Well, there is one. And that is he chose to die for every sin except for one. If he would have died for this one sin, we would automatically be saved like we were automatically born into death and we would have no choice in it. He lives the choice with us. Jesus died for every sin we have ever do or will commit, except for one, rejection of himself. And he leaves that one with us. It's the only sin that separates you from heaven or hell. It's the only sin that will cause you to go into heaven in the presence of God if, you, if you're forgiven of it. And then also, if you're not forgiven, that will cause you to go to hell. All the good deeds you've ever done. We can, you know, often you've witnessed to people, you know what I'm talking about. You simply talk to a sinner and say, you believe if you died, you go to heaven? They go, well, yeah. I think I've got good deeds in my life and bad deeds. And I believe my good deeds will far outweigh my bad ones. I mean, I've got so many good things I've done. And I can think of some bad things I've done, but I really think I'm a pretty good person. And compared to the person next to me, I'm a better person than them. It has nothing to do with that. If you, through your own good works, could go to heaven, why did Jesus have to die? Because there is none righteous, no, not one. 
Every one of us are lost and dead in our trespasses and sin because of Adam. Don't blame God. Don't blame Jesus. Don't even blame yourself. Blame Adam. Adam is the one that threw you into this condition. But Jesus Christ went and died for every sin you've ever committed. Yeah, but I was a, I was a homosexual. Jesus died for that. Yeah, but I was a prostitute. He died for that. Well, I was a pimp. He died for that. You can't name a sin Jesus didn't die for except for one, rejection of himself. If he would have died for that one, everybody would be born into this earth and we would all be Christians and there'd be no need for the devil. There'd be no need for hell. We would just all be Christians when we were coming to this earth. We have a choice to get out of Adam and into Christ. So, it comes back to this. If sin began in a perfect being, which was Lucifer, could it happen again in the elect angels, the remaining perfect being? This is the one that usually comes back to us. Angels had a choice and they had a choice to go. And so there's always this thing, yeah, but what about if an elect angel, you know, uh, today decides he wants to join all the, you know, angels that sinned and came against God and he wants to do that. Can he do that today? And the answer is no, he cannot do that. And we'll talk about that here in the end of this broadcast. And the reason why is because they had a choice to make on that day and it was an eternal decision, an eternal decision. We have a lifetime to make a decision. And if we are in this earth, in Adam, we have a lifetime to choose to be with Jesus Christ. But the moment we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it is as an eternal decision as the angels decided to stay with God and go with Lucifer or go with Lucifer and uh, turn away from God because I'm I'm thinking it would to me it would what I would, can't believe is any elect angel would choose now to become you know a fallen angel that would be crazy but to me a fallen angel looking back would have gone man I was wrong I should not have done this I think I want to choose not to be a fallen angel no the choice was eternal on that day it was eternal once we die there is nothing on the other side to where you can change sides. After you die and you're in heaven, I mean, a stupid thought, but what if you got to heaven and thought, I, I think I'd rather be in hell. You can't, all right? You can't do that. But the same is true with this person who's in this earth and they live on this earth and they reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior all their life and then they die and they think once they're dead, I think I'd like to go to heaven. Well, what sinner wouldn't at that time because they're now in hell? We find that with the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man said, uh, you know, I can't cross to that side. He'd love to have done it. And on the other side, he says, but he can't come to me either. So once you're there, there's nothing past this point. You have a lifetime to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and even like the thief on the cross, as you are dying in the last closing minutes of your life, the closing seconds of your life, you can say to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he'll say, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's exactly what happened there, and it's exactly what happens here. I don't advocate deathbed decisions. Man, you have a whole lifetime. Choose and then live for Jesus. But if you do at the last closing second, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, then you will go to heaven the moment you die if that's five seconds later. So we find that's true. But once a person dies, in fact, Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus, he said, whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Notice this, whosoever lives and believes in me. Once you're no longer living here and you go, you can't believe in him. Whosoever lives at this time and believes in me shall never die. You have a choice while you're alive on this earth, but once you go, there is no more choice after that. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And so I'm so glad I've accepted Jesus. Have you accepted Jesus? You know what? God's desire, for, I mean, if you're 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s years old, think about this. You still have some time on this earth. You can not only accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can affect lives around you. 
you can give your life to Jesus and know this, for the rest of my life, I'm a witness to others. And I'm not only gonna go to heaven, I'm gonna take as many with me as possible. That really rubs it in the devil's face. If you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, would you pray this prayer with me? Just bow your head right now. Father, I open up my heart and I accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of my life. I get off the throne of my life and I let Jesus get on the throne. Jesus, I commit my life to you once and for all. Become the King, the Savior, and the ruler of my life. I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.